Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome podcast. Welcome to episode 62 of the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. I've got another incredible conversation for you today with a guest who truly is one of one. Like, nobody like him and a guy doing exactly what I aspire to do myself, getting after it and getting better as I get older, doing my best work and becoming the best version of myself in the second half of my life. That's this week's guest, a former Major League Baseball player who is absolutely destroying and attacking life with a vengeance and an enthusiasm never before seen in the history of the world and doing so in his late 40s. That's not hyperbole. That's just the facts. Oh, and once again, it's conversation with a great deal of profanity. So, as I said in the last episode, if that's the type of thing that offends you, you're going to want to sit this one out because it's real and it's raw and it's pretty profane. I'm not trying to run any of you off. I'm not trying to offend any of you, but... I am trying to have the most authentic conversations I can possibly have on this podcast, and in pursuit of that, an occasional F-bomb or 10 might fly. I'll drop this conversation on you shortly, and trust me, you do not want to miss it. But first, I want to share some thoughts about something my wife Janet and I did this past weekend. So a couple of months back, Mindset Specialist... David Nurse hits me up and he says, the crew is getting together to celebrate another great mindset specialist, prolific author and keynote speaker, John Gordon, somebody who you've heard on this podcast. So Nurse was doing what he does, gathering folks together to lift each other up and in this case, celebrate John Gordon's birthday from two years ago, but essentially to celebrate John's birthday and to celebrate John for being a tremendous human being. Oh, and it was another opportunity for Nurse to talk junk about how he was going to school everybody in the pickleball tournament before dinner. That too. Now, you've heard the sayings, you are who you roll with, or you are the sum or the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I absolutely believe this. To me, this is indisputable. If the five people you spend the most time with never roll out of the rack before 9 a.m., they have no goals, they have no aspirations, they have no purpose, they have no discipline, no intention, and no plan, they're not going anywhere other than back to bed, and neither are you. Fact. Iron is not sharpening iron when you all are tinfoil. I just made that up. No one is holding anyone accountable for anybody else because there is no accountability. You're telling each other what you want to hear, not what you need to hear. You're punching down. It's not even that because you're not even in the fight, which is fine to each his own. But trust this. Believe this. If the five people you run with are losers, you're a loser. I know you don't think you are but neither do those five slugs that you're spending all your time with. Now, turn that on its head. Going back to last weekend, 
My wife, Janet, and I are in this room, and we're having dinner in West Hollywood, once again, to celebrate John Gordon. I'm not sure I've ever been in a room that threw off that kind of energy. And by energy, I mean positivity, vibrancy, enthusiasm, focus, drive, ambition, intelligence. I mean, all this shit was bouncing off of everybody in that room. Everybody was interesting. Everybody was curious. Everybody was sharing ideas and strategies. Everybody was lifting everybody else up. It was invigorating, riveting, compelling, and most of all, it was inspiring and motivating. I'm not going to lie. I found myself thinking, I need to do more. I need to be more. And not because there was any judgment in the room, but because when you're with folks who are that squared away, that leveled up, and making that much of a difference in their own lives— and in other people's lives, how could you not feel that? How could you not be motivated by that? How could you not respect that? How could you not want to be in that group, contribute to it, and reciprocate that same sort of energy? Not to be all foo-foo with it, because I'm really not that guy, but the energy exchange in that room was insane. Like, I'm still buzzing from it a week later, truly. And no, it was not the tequila. Now, granted, this was a very special evening with some extraordinary people. And as awesome as it would be, I cannot say that while they were in that same room, the five people I spend the most time with in my life are not Ed Milet, John Gordon, Sean McVay, Jay Glazer, and my man Nurse. I mean, I wish they were. Think what a badass I'd be. But pick your five carefully. They don't need to be Super Bowl winning coaches, super successful influencers with millions of followers and a couple of hundred mil in the bank, or prolific authors who have sold millions of books. Listen, if they are, awesome, congrats, but they don't need to be, but they better be about the right stuff, and y'all better have similar approaches and views on who you are, who you want to be, and how you're going to get there. No energy vampires, no wet blankets, no buzzkills. When you hit one member up and say, man, I'm not feeling it today. I don't want to go to the gym. The last thing you want is for that person, one of your five, to say, good, dude, neither do I. Screw it. Let's go grab a few pops instead. No, you want them to say, good one, dude. Get your shit. We're going to work out. Better yet, you don't even say it because you know there's a standard, a personal standard, and a group standard. And that's not how you or your Power 5 roll. And you know this because you've been very intentional about setting up who those five people are. Choose carefully because you truly are who you roll with. Play up or punch down. Now, I never had this conversation with my teenage son. Yet one day in the car, he says, Pop, I already know who the four guys are that I'm going to be tight with for the rest of my life. And keep in mind, we've never had this conversation. And I said, that's interesting. There probably is no way you know that at this age, but you seem pretty certain. Tell me who the four are, and I think I can tell you with a high degree of certainty how your life is going to go. I'll just say, I loved his choices, and I think he's going to be just fine. Remember, you are who you roll with. Which brings me to this dude. What I would give to have this dude in my power five, in my circle of trust, the problem is, I'm not sure that he would ever have me in his, 
because there's no way I'm keeping up with this dude. He is pure adrenaline, all in, all out, all day, every day, no days off. Or, to use a baseball analogy, he never takes off a single at-bat, never gives away a single at-bat, never gives in to anyone or anything, and he has no filter. And I love this guy. I'm talking about former major leaguer Eric Burns, an absolute force of nature. A former major leaguer turned broadcaster, turned Ironman triathlete, turned endurance runner, turned author, turned entrepreneur, turned philanthropist, turned mindset legend. Find me the nearest brick wall and dude will be running right through it. And after you hear this, you will want to do the same. Again, This particular conversation is profanity-laden. If that's not your thing, if that's not your cup of tea, I get it. You'll want to steer clear of this app. You'll be missing out on an all-time conversation, but if that's the type of thing that's not for you, I understand, I get it. Otherwise, you are in for an epic conversation. It's episode 62 of The Reinvention Project with guest Eric Burns, and it's coming at you right now. So, Eric, always great to get caught up with you. Understand this. You and I have done this for years and years and years. Well, before I get into that, what's up, brother? How you doing? How you living? Dude, so this morning, knowing that I was coming on with you today, I'm fantastic, by the way, but I listened to an old episode, This is, I imagine during the fall, with Sean Casey. So, Case is one of my favorite people of all time, and, you know, to hear you guys go back and forth, you guys are talking about your dads and all sorts of life optimization stuff and you know whatever and it was just it was awesome like start to finish but uh, real quick i wanted to tell you a story about quote unquote the mayor that you know say something because a lot of people want to know like is is it an act is it, is it real whatever so and i felt the same way because all these years playing against them in baseball Romy, i'm like dude there's no fucking way that this dude is that nice of a guy like there's gotta be a little fuck you in him in order to be as good as he is and so sure enough we both get done playing we're working at mob network together and we go out to dinner and we're talking about this guy and then this other guy and then you know whoever this was over here and this over here oh the greatest the greatest oh yeah unbelievable what an awesome guy and yeah 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 and so finally we got to this this one dude that let them say he's controversial at the least. That's a really good public persona. But behind the scenes, we all kind of you know, know the truth and whatever. I'm like, so this is the ultimate test of character. I go, Case, what about such and such? And there's a little bit of a pause. He goes, oh, that guy? What a fucking douchebag, man. <laughs> okay, incredible. Love it. You know I love that. Because you should know what that means by now. That is the very best kind of notification. That is the sound of yet another sale on Shopify. The moment another business dream becomes a reality. The best thing ever. Shopify is the commerce platform that is revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. 
It doesn't matter what you're selling. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. And Shopify covers every sales channel. From an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, it even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every single step of the way. I have never seen anything like it. I'm telling you, Shopify is here to revolutionize your business, to take it to the next level. But you'll never know unless you try it yourself. It is time to get serious about selling. It is time to try Shopify today. This is Possibility, and it's powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Rome. Rome is all lowercase, R-O-M-E. Once again, go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. From that day on, dude, Sean Casey's been one of my fucking best friends, dude. Oh, that, that is an incredible story. That is an incredible story, Eric Burns. I mean, yeah, exactly. Cases, he really is that good of a dude. We know this. You know that. that. That is such a great story. And this is why you understand content and you understand all of this. And this is why you've dominated since you left the game as a player. Because you are anecdotal, dude. You understand all revolves around stories. You started me off with a great story. I didn't even have to ask for it. That's why you're so good. Dude, I was going to ask you this, though. Your intensity, your drive, your energy. It's legendary. We're already feeling it. It's off the charts. I think your wife said it best. Your wife said the challenge is not for Eric to figure out how to sustain it, but rather how to channel it all. Dude, this notion of energy, where does your energy come from? In other words, were you hardwired for it? Can you learn it? Can we bottle this shit? What is it? That's a great question, but I do think that you know, it's something that all of us naturally have. It's a matter of whether or not we can figure out how to tap into it. Obviously, as a young kid, I had trouble channeling that energy, full-blown ADHD. I was getting kicked out of class every day. And then I think as I got a little bit older and figured out that I needed to get my shit together with school, I wanted to go to Stanford. I had goals. I wanted to, I knew I wanted to play professional baseball. There's a level of concentration that you have to have there. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, when I was young, and go back to the, the whole dad thing, uh, working off of that awesome combo between, you know, you and Casey, my dad said, look, dude, show me how you do anything, and I'll show you how you do everything. And so that really struck a chord with me. And so here I was out on the Baseball field, basketball court, football field, karate, tennis, all of it, full sending it. Yet, I didn't give that same effort in the classroom. And so that's one of those things where, you know, I've always tried to now at this point, no matter what it is that I get into, is do it with my full heart, do it with my full soul, put the passion uh, into it that I had playing the game. Otherwise, don't fucking do it. It's as simple as that. It's like I tell the let them play boys that I coach. I coach a 12U national travel team. I'm like, boys, you're juiceless. You're useless. 
right? Like it's it's as simple as that. You know, we're juiceful, we're useful. That's it. So when you have that energy, it's something that, dude, you shouldn't have to coach. There's so many other elements and things in life that I should expect that like on a daily basis out of whether it's our players, out of whether it's, you know, myself as a father now with my kids, like, look guys, like, it's not hard. This is something that's within our control. And there's so many things, Jim, that are outside of our control of life that we can't do anything about yet. Here we are. We are able to show up. We are able to bring that energy. We got to be willing to learn, willing to adapt, willing to adjust. And it's just really kind of how I've lived my entire life. It's awesome, dude. There, there is so much depth to you. And obviously, those who know you understand this already. This is not some breaking bit of news right here. Hey, man, he's more than just that wild dude. There's a lot of depth there, but there's a lot of depth there. And I want to acknowledge that. This notion of, Eric, go a little bit deeper on this if you would. This is not an original thought, but it's such a critical thought. How you do anything is how you do everything. Did you say your father taught you that? And exactly what does that mean? How do you apply that? Uh, you just basically apply it to, let's just say I get done playing baseball, right? And at that point, I got into slow pitch softball. I was surfing every day. I was trying to figure out what's next. You have this super competitive thing that I had done, essentially since I was nine years old, and it's gone. And so where do you rechannel and redirect that energy? So I ended up doing a sprint triathlon. The sprint triathlon led to doing 12 Ironmans that got me into the ultra running that you know, led to a try across America that led to the 24 hour Guinness Book of World Record for golf and most golf holes played and running 106 miles during that. And so there was this progression. And it's the same thing with broadcasting, though, dude. It was as soon as I got done, it was like I started working for ESPN and I was doing college games. I got thrown into the fire and I'm like, man, this is this is cool. This is special. Right. And then from there, it was MLB Network and really trying to to learn and develop as a, a broadcaster and you know no matter what i'm always going to have that stigma just like anybody else would and someone who doesn't know you and doesn't understand you i remember listening to you as a kid Romy, and one of your one of your sayings was always like look dude just give it a shot like like you know li listen listen to a show give me a week and you'll you'll get it but there's gonna be scenes that i say there's gonna be terminology i'm using that you might not understand but ultimately, there's this depth. And I think that's, you know, it's naive of people, but it's also naive of us to expect them to understand anything else, right? Because there is going to be that public persona, but at the same time, there's nothing we can fucking do about it for those who don't want to engage. Yet, for those who are willing to look deeper, for those who are willing to uh, give it a shot and, and understand, then they're going to find you know, some value. And I think, I, I think a lot of life is what value are, are you bringing? And, and that has to do with what we're passing on it. Dude, a lot of the shit, honestly, that, that you and case will talk about, man, it's, it's giving back. It's at this point in our lives, like, you know, what gets me excited? Well, it, it's not necessarily my success. Of course, we all like being successful, but what drives me, what gets me out of bed in the morning is being able to uh, pass on the information and the knowledge and yet at the same time also continue to fucking charge life, man, and, and accumulate experiences. And it's 
the only two things in life, and what, this is turning into the, the you know, extension of the Sean Casey Romy podcast, but if my dad said, he said, there's two things I can give you that no one can ever fucking take away. Education experience. He goes, don't ever, ever, ever stop learning and don't ever stop charging. Just don't do it. And so, you know, here I am, I, you know, that just turned 47. And I, you know, a couple of years ago, we co-founded a live stream, interactive live streaming platform called No Filter Network. And I, dude, I walked away from MLB uh, on a complete whim, just, just believing in uh, the future and evolution of broadcasting. And it's been such an incredible experience. I, I could not tell you how fucking much of a fish out of water I am as like a quote unquote tech co-founder. But what I've been able to <laughs> accumulate and learn in the process and the experience of sitting across the table from a Mark Andreessen, like, dude, this is so next level that it excites me, right? And then all of these experiences that we get, those are the ones that, again, like we're learning and then we get to take those and then pass those on to the next generation. So it's uh, it's been a fun ride, it, but ultimately it's it's continuing to, again, gather the experiences and, and, and gather the education. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen, I, I heard everything you just said. Don't apologize for resetting the Sean Casey interview. This is why you are here, so we can have this conversation and talk about these things. This is why I started this podcast. I'm like you. I want more experiences. I want to have access to people that ordinarily I might not have access to, and I want to have ways to figure out how I can be my very best later in life and make sure that the best is in front of me and not behind me. And when you talk about life, so, so don't apologize for any of that. This is exactly why I wanted to talk to you on a different platform. Platform. What about life, though, Eric? Is life about the prize? Is life about the reward, or is it about something else? The, the process, man. I, I don't give a fuck about the reward. I really don't. I mean, you, but you have to go through that, right? You have to experience that. You have to. You have to go through these different levels to truly understand that. Because when we're kids, we all wanted the trophy. And we, we still grew up in the non-participation trophy, so I'm not talking about that shit. I'm talking about the, the chase of being the best and being the greatest. But is that what's fulfilling? Or is competing against the best and competing against the greatest? And I, I'll use the, the, the travel team that I'm involved with. So basically, a few years ago, myself, uh, Troy Gloss, uh, a buddy of mine, Jason Green, he was our catcher at UCLA on our World Series team. Uh, and John Gall, who was he a little bit of time in the in the big leagues. He was a, on the Olympic team in, in 08, all-time hits leader in the Pac-12. So he's actually my cousin. So all of our kids were just getting into baseball. So we created this, this team. And we're all kind of from different areas as well. And so as this team developed, 
And, you know, now since it's, it's broken off into eight different teams, it's called Let Them Play. And we have a couple of our teams that are top national teams. And so here we are, we're going around and, you know, we play in a lot of this local stuff where it's tough to find the competition. So for years, we were playing up and playing up and which where we were able to find it. It's got a little more difficult at this 12U level because we don't want to play 13U just for the fact that the field changes from the 50-70 to the 60-90. We have some underage kids on the team, including my own kid. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So it's like, well, where do you get that and how do you find that, which has led to a lot of traveling, which has led to you know chasing down what would be considered some of the best teams in the country. So here we are in Houston a couple weeks ago, and we face what is the number one team in Alabama, just a fucking barn burner man it was awesome 15 to 13 like usually our games are not like that and it's just it but just an amazing game and so then we get the bracket play and only 16 teams made the bracket there were two four no teams that got left out of the bracket 70 something teams total so here we are facing the number one team in the country elite rbi we have this game just for the ages man it, it literally was like fucking Mexico and Japan from the other night, just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and boom, we end up losing. I just, the ball hits the right field, the right fielder just misses it. Two run inside the park, Homer, see ya. There it was. And after that game, dude, I looked at those boys and I'm like, I am so gosh damn fucking proud of you guys. Like that is it, that's the pinnacle. They're number one, and they've been number one, and they deserve it. But you know what? You want to beat the best, or you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. But more importantly, if you want to be the best, we got to fucking compete against the best. That is it. And you guys just showed you're every bit as good as that team, if not better. And that's, that's what matters, the juices that you get from becoming uncomfortable. And then there's the process of getting to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. But dude, the number one, the number one blockade to, to, to progress is ease. Uh, when, when you want to fucking ease through life, dude, when you want to roll through there and make everything like, hey, no problem, there's not gonna be progress. And if you're good with where you are and everything's cool, hey man, no worries, you're good. Uh, like it's, some people don't like that. And some people aren't chasing that. I, for me, Dude, the chase isn't gonna fucking end. It's just not. You know, it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter what it is. It will just be redirected. And I think we all go through these different phases of our lives. But it's you know, as far as I'm concerned, the the, the chase doesn't stop. Mm, amazing. There is so much in that, Eric. There is so much in that that I want to respond to and follow up on. But let me ask you something. Then, and you have not mentioned this in this conversation, but I've heard you talk about this. You like to apply a Stoic philosophy, a more fatigue. What does that mean exactly? Am, am, am I saying it right? Amor Fati, what does that mean? Amor Fati is love your fate. And it's basically no matter what happens uh, to you, you have to look at it as if it's a positive. And even the most fucked up scenario you could possibly imagine, uh, it doesn't mean you have to love what happened, uh, but that you need to be grateful for what happened. So there's a few different stoic philosophy phrases that I actually will wear around my neck. Uh, momento vivere, uh, which is remember to live. Uh, remember to live because momentum will re, and that's remember will die. Uh, so uh, per spera straw is another really good one that's through hardship uh, to the stars. And 
acta non verbe, which is action, not words. And I ironically, dude, uh, so tonight on No Filter uh, at 6 p.m., we're doing a Pat chat all about Pat Tillman. And I know Pat was a huge fan of yours. I know, you know, you, you spoke at uh, his eulogy and, you know, obviously it, it goes without saying how much of a fucking badass that dude was. But to be able to, you know, go on there and continue to champion Pat and champion his legacy, that's a lot of what life is about. And Pat was the biggest actor non verbe dude because he wasn't about talking about it. And that was so much of why he didn't want to talk to the media when he joined the Army Ranger. And he just he just wanted to act. And ultimately, you know, it's obviously with incredibly uh, disappointing, incredibly sad. Try to call it whatever you want, but you know, we lost them. And as I, I was kind of revisiting some of it today and thinking about what we're going to talk about. And we have Zach Walls coming on. Who, Zach's a fucking animal. That's how I knew Pat. I, I grew up with Pat or with Zach and we were the linebackers on the St. Francis football team. And Pat, you know, played for Leland and then Zach played with Pat in Arizona and, and lived together. And dude, I mean, I'd crash on these dudes' couches and, and we'd go, we go play golden tea over at the Rula Bula and Tempe. And uh, just looking back at those times, you know, and, and again, thinking about Pat and who he was, and it was just, he was the, like, there's so many in, in life these days, especially in the social media age and this world that we live in, everyone wants to fucking tell you what to do. How many people are fucking showing you what to do? Pat showed us what to do. I mean, it's gold, dude. It's, it's such gold. You know, I'm thinking about Pat and... You knew Pat. You grew up with Pat. You competed against Pat. I knew Pat as a media guy, and I appreciate you saying what you said about Pat and how he felt about me. I thought the world of Pat. I mean, Eric, I've mentioned this before. This is how this is how highly I thought of Pat and how naive I was. You're right. I used to have him on the show. I did an appearance once in Arizona, a tour stop. He came out for it. But then when he made that decision to walk away from the NFL and become an Army Ranger, you're right. He did not tell a story to anybody. And knowing Pat the way I knew Pat, I knew not to ask. But I always assumed or I always hoped that when he came home, that maybe one day we could at least have some sort of conversation about that. This is how naive I was, Eric, and how much I thought of him. The dude was larger than life. Larger than life. And I've spent the last 30 plus years interviewing athletes and owners and management, but larger than fucking life. It never dawned on me that he wouldn't come home. It was a question of when, not if. I can never, I'll never forget hearing the news because it didn't seem possible. Like, you can't get Pat Tillman. Nothing's going to happen to Pat Tillman. He's bulletproof. Like, do you remember what went through your mind when you heard that he had been killed? Sat there and stared at the TV for four hours, man. I, I couldn't believe it. And that was, that was exactly it. I was in Half Moon Bay. I had just bought my, my first house. And I had Fox News on. And this, this popped up on Fox News. And I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I didn't turn it off. And I think at first, I, I was probably an hour sitting there just, just wide-eyed staring at the screen, I obviously I immediately called Zach. He was 
getting as much information as possible. There was, it was just literally, so that was April 22nd, 2004. And a couple months earlier, it was over Christmas break. I remember Zach had just gotten back from Seattle and he was hanging with Pat and he fucking coerced Pat to give him his dog tags. So he was wearing Pat's dog tags. Like, dude, how do you, how do we can't wear dog tags, man. I'm not in the fucking army. And so I, we have to give Zach shit about that. And, and then we got into like, dude, what's the plan? Like, we all know there's a plan and we all know that he's going to come back and play, but is, is it going to be for the Cardinals? And, and also the other element was like, when's he coming back? Because dude, at this point, he'd already gone to Iraq. He had gone to Afghanistan and he had one more tour in, in Afghanistan. And then that basically was going to be it. That was going to fulfill his commitment. And then at, at that point, uh, his agent got involved, I know, and, and he met with, I think he met with the Seahawks. I, I know there was some kind of conversation with Bill Belichick at the time when, you know, he was with the Patriots. And there was this, where is he going to play? And and the only question is, when's it going to happen? Well, at that point, I guess Zach was saying that, dude, he can get out of this. Like, he could get out of the Army now. But he won't fucking do it. He's gonna fulfill his commitment, and you know they could honorable discharge, let him out early. But, but like, oh, he's already there was nothing more to prove. But Pat was such a principal guy that he's like, there's no fucking way he he didn't want to be treated any different. That was one of the, the biggest things as as he went in there, you know. And he had his thoughts and feelings about the army, and he had his thoughts and feelings about the war and what was going on. But that didn't change his commitment that he made and he wasn't going to back down from that commitment. And ultimately, you know, he ends up going back to Afghanistan and then killed by friendly fire. And there's still a bunch of fucking controversy surrounding that. I don't couldn't tell you what happened. I, I, it's I, I could just tell the facts, right? Like we know he was killed by friendly fire and that was it. But um, the world lost a fucking great one, but he didn't have to be totally with you, Romy. He like, he was a legend. And he was, he was he was bulletproof. He was a legend while he was fucking here. He didn't have to die to be a legend. Uh, he was like, we all looked up to him. He was, he lived his life on, on another level. And there was this love and respect that I, I'm not sure I've ever met anybody else in my life that's like him. I, as a matter of fact, I haven't, dude. I've met some really special people. And, but he's just, he was a unique character. And he was different. He was different than every one of us. He, I'm so glad you put it out there like that or said it like that, Eric. It's so true. He, This is what I mean. He was larger than life. I never, ever met an athlete like Pat Tillman. He was one of those guys like, it's so cliche. I even used it on the show today. The, the line, iron makes our uh, iron sharpens iron like yeah. we, we we know this right but this is a dude the rare dude like we're our own individuals we want to compete against ourselves we are our own people but there's something about pat man you didn't you wanted his approval you did not want to let him down you knew there was a standard and he was the ultimate standard above feelings guy but you know what i mean like i'm not saying i need the approval of anybody because i know whether or not i'm doing the right thing or thinking the right thing but you almost wanted his approval, right? He was a different dude in that regard. Yeah, I think that you almost, for as an outsider looking looking in, I, I especially now as we, yeah, man, like we're almost twenty years removed from this thing. 
God, that, that's what, that's insane what, in and of itself. The, what was the motive? Yeah. What what was was he trying to prove something? And it made it made me feel like if I was close enough to him, if I was Zach, right? If I was his brother, if I was his brother-in-law, uh, like Alex Star was good. Ben Hill, like one 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 of my really good friends was one of you know one of Pat's best friends. Like at, at what point, you know? Did they, would they try to intervene? And as, as over the years, I've talked to them about that and be like, dude, the initial, the initial decision that he made, it wasn't fight. You weren't fucking changing his mind. It wasn't going to happen. Right. So then after that, it was when he came home and he was there, that would have been the, the talk, but dude, he, he was so set in his ways. And you could, from an outsider's perspective, even though ultimately you can say that, that cost him his life, but he was that guy that there wasn't necessarily going to be this, this argument with because it, he was so determined. And you could make the big argument that he was obsessed. But if you want to be fucking great at anything that you would do in life, you've got to be obsessed. And he was obsessed with this moral code that he created. And you're right. Like, because I look at him and I'm like, this is always how I always felt when I was around him. This is the standard. He is the golden standard of how we all should be living our lives. And you you didn't want to disappoint him. You didn't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. He, he had that you know twinkle in his eye. But I, I, the only thing I could tell you, I didn't get to spend nearly as much time as I would have loved to around him. Uh, you know, with my ultimate bond with him, you know, was was created because of mutual friends. But getting to know the people in his life, getting to know Marie, getting to to know. Uh, Kevin and Richard, his brothers, getting to know Alex Starwood, his brother-in-law, getting to know the Hill family, you know, knowing Zach, and I've known, you know, Zach my whole life, all these people around him, show me who your friends are. This is this is my mom's line. Show me who your friends are, and I'll show you who you are. She just gave it to me the other night. Again. Love it. So, that's the truth, though. Who, who are you spending your time with? Who are these people? And these are some of the better people. That, that I've ever met in my life. And then it brings me back again to another thing that we should all be thinking about in our lives as we walk this journey. Are you leaving it and them better than we found it? Are you leaving people better than you found them? Are you leaving wherever you fucking go better than you found it? Dugout clean. I'm talking about little shit, man. Like we go to the dugout. Last night I teach to let them play boys. This dugout will be cleaner than when we got here, period. I mean, I, I, you know, we're, we're, we'll rake this thing on the way out if it happens. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we, every last piece of trash, every little tiny gum wrapper, it does not matter. We will leave this better than we found it. Simple as that. So, Pat did that, man. He did it.
Romy, he did. He left fucking people better than he found them, and he left this world better than he found it. It's amazing. It's all amazing. How you do anything is how you do everything. See, Eric, the thing about this is there are so many amazing lessons in these anecdotes. If people are listening carefully, they can pull so much out of this, but there's always somebody who will say to me, yeah, Rome, great interview. Yeah, Rome, great guest, but tell me how to do it. I need something practical. So with that in mind, I'm going to ask you this. I know for a fact how strongly you feel that it is to be comfortable being uncomfortable. I know you would tell me you have never accomplished anything amazing without stepping outside your comfort zone, but if somebody is listening right now and that's not something they do habitually and they understand the concept but they're not really sure what to do, what is the best way to start getting comfortable with being uncomfortable if you don't make a uh, habit of doing so? It's the start that stops us, dude, uh, each and every single morning. You have this idea, you have these grand plans, and no one ever gets going. Have a routine. That's the, that's the only way to do it. Create a routine. And don't feel your way into acting. If you do that, you'll never fucking do anything. You have to actuate a feeling. You have to just do it. I mean, there's, we just finished a Daily Hustle 22-day challenge. So I have a podcast that I do every morning, the Daily Hustle. We created this challenge, 22 days. And essentially, the day number one is creating a routine. So number one, it was, it was getting up an hour earlier than you normally do. Uh, the other thing was uh, <clears throat> grounding, foot reflexology, which is I'm really big on. And ericburns.com if you want to pick up a foot reflexology board, by the way. <laughs> the, third one, the third one, gratitude. Uh, write, write down uh, your daily gratitude. The fourth one is your miles. So grab a set of miles, and I don't care what it is that you do. This could be biking, this could be rowing, this could be running, this could be walking, this could be hiking. It doesn't fucking matter to me. But set a standard of what I'm going to do over the course of the next 22 days is what we did. Now, my number was 22 miles. So for 22 straight days, I did all these things and then ran the 22 miles. Dude, I, I haven't stopped. And I, every year, and it, it happens the same way. It's just I said, that's where I start doing it. And to build up to that, I do about 15 miles a day because I know that at that point I'm going to increase in another seven. Well, you know what, dude? I'm talking to my boy who, so this is, that was February 1st, February 22nd. We're now uh, March 20-something now. And I'm talking to my boy yesterday, and he increased like Totally outside of his comfort zone, right? This is a guy that was doing a couple miles a day. He committed to do 10 miles. Jesse Bromberg. Then he's like, today or whatever. Yesterday when I'm talking to him, he goes, Bernsey, you're not going to fucking believe it. He goes, I haven't stopped. I go, what? What are you talking about? What do you mean I haven't stopped? He goes, the miles, man. You got me on it. He's like, this is working. And that's it. So if you, if you want to make a commitment, like life, it's not, it's not a fucking diet. It's not, it's not a, it's not a short, there's not any short-term life hacks and bullshit. Whoever wants to tell you about the next life hack, you'll fuck themselves, man. I'm serious. It, it's not true. It's like the only thing we'll ever get out is what we put in. And you get to decide. You get to decide. What do you want to put in? If you want to put it in, that's fine. I just want to hear you fucking bitch about it when you don't get it. It's a, it's a message. We learn, you learn a lot as parents, bro. I mean, you know this. I mean, you, dude, you're going through it. Right? Like it's all these messages that we learn and then have to now not have to get to pass on. It's, it's, it's real shit. And I, there's no 
shortcuts. There's no, there's no easy way. It's it, life's hard, and and if you want to do something great, that none of it's if if it, if it comes easy, it's not great. Even if you fucking think it's great, it's not great, man. It's just not. So uh, again, just you know, the work ethic and it it starts with creating a routine and being able to hold yourself accountable. To that it's nice to have an accountability partner, someone to check in on. Uh, you know, I got a buddy of mine. His name's Kowalski. And this guy was my right-hand man on the try across America. He uh, was my pet coach with the Savannah Bananas last year. We kicked off that world tour, and that's a whole other, uh, I think, podcast episode. If we, we want to get into that, it's just they're, they're reinventing the game of fucking baseball. And I, it's, it's an amazing thing. But I, I'm like, dude, this is my guy. So when Jesse Cole, the owner, reached out, he's like, yo, man, he's like, I, we need you here. I'm like, well, I said, if I come, I'm bringing my boy. And Kowalski became the first ever, ready for this, second base coach in the history of professional baseball. So we had an absolute blast with it. And so here are the two of us. A lot of times when the Daily Hustle will join and we go back and forth, we have these uh, amazing conversations. And about three months ago, he started dropping like, yo, man, 90 days till go. I go, what? Like, what are you talking about? So then, you know, a week later, he's like, yo, 83 days till go. I'm like, huh? And he kept doing this on. I, I finally, I'm like, fuck, man. He's like, 14 days to go. What are you talking about? He goes, Ultraman, Arizona. I go, what? Because, yeah, I'm in. And he, this is this is shit I'm talking about. Like, the guy doesn't tell me anything. And then here I was. We were down there. We played a big baseball, perfect game tournament out in AZ last weekend. I had the team down there. And I'm just staying at the house. And here was this dude getting up. He goes 6.2 mile swim, 90 mile bike day one, 170 mile bike day two, and a double marathon day three. Might as well have been smoking a cigarette and freaking <laughs> putting his feet up like as he's doing that. He's not doing it for the the right? Like this, that's the that's the shit, man. That's the that's the accountability partner. That's the guy that you know I know I go to and you know, we have certain things and I, I, the, the humility that's involved in this, I, the first rule about ultra running and, and, and ultra endurance sports is kind of like fight club, right? You don't talk about it. Like, but, but obviously, you know, I come on here with you and we're bullshit and there's this public thing that I think you sort of have a responsibility and I know you seem all dog and shit, but I, there's, there's this element where, you know, even Goggins, that motherfucker, like, I, his last book that you know I just read was never finished, and he was talking about doing all the speaking engagements and doing all these different things, and like life was plush. And yet he's looking at it, he's like, man, I haven't done a fucking race in you know three years. And then all of a sudden he just went nuts, and he started hopping into all these different races, including you know one of them that was a I don't know a two or three hundred mile or whatever it is, with this ridiculous story of how fucked up he was during it. But there's that element that we all need in life, that humility. But if you think about it again, like to get to that point, to get to it, this is a process. It starts with baby steps. I mean, Eric, for instance, and I, yeah, I know Goggins, I read the book and you're right. Like he's got all these things, but these things mean nothing. He's huge on 
fucking don't tell me what you've already done. What are you doing right now? What are you still going to do? What are you yeah. going to accomplish? What you're saying, and Eric, you and I could do this for another nine hours. I'm going to be really respectful of your time, but let me ask you, you're talking process. It all starts with a process. Nothing works without a process. Yet people get so fucked up in their process. They get so jacked up in their process. What happens to folks, and then how do you fix that? Oh, I think that one of the big things is, is that we have to have grace and empathy with ourselves. We have to know that we're all imperfect, fucked up human beings, and we're going to make mistakes. We have... I just, I just lost a good buddy of mine, man. I played baseball with him at UCLA. Mm. And... Uh, he went. He went through some dark times, and it's, it's actually Tim DeSensei's. It's Doug DeSensei's kid. I know and, this. I know this. Yeah, it, it, it's, I'm sorry. Finish. Finish the thought, Eric. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just thinking about where we lost him, and and that's that hurts. And part of me, and I, I was tight with them for a long time. And he took me under his wing and took me out to his house in Newport. And I, those are the times that uh, I'm going to want to remember when I was a freshman and, you know, Troy Gloss and I, like, man, we got the invite to Timmy D's house. Baby, Rolling through the crib and just sent this fucking silver slugger. Like, it's so awesome. Watched the Super Bowl there. It was when the Niners rolled up on the Chargers. Uh, it was, it's like you, you have these, these, these things and, you know, Timmy, he, he was uh, awesome, dude. Like, dude, yeah, I promise you, bro, like, you would have been totally engaged by this guy. And he, he went down a, a bad path and, uh, you know, that involved drugs and alcohol. And, uh, you know, I, I think then there were times where I'd see him come out and he was great. And he was the same old fucking Timmy D that, that I remember. And then he was back and we, and, and, and lost him. And there were, there were times where he came to me and he's like, Bernsey, like, I'm fucking, I'm in, man. Like, I, I, he did a triathlon, bro. Like, that was, wow. and, and, he, and he wanted wow. to talk to me about all, like, all these things. And I was there, and I, I, I really was. And then it got to the point where I, I didn't know I, if I was helping. And I, at some point it, it it's, you have to remove yourself from, uh, you know, the situation. And I, and I, I did, but then you wake up one day, it's fucking gone. And you're, you're scratching your head and you're looking back and you're thinking, you know, is there, is there something else that I could have done? Or is there something else that I could have told them along the way? And as I reflect upon it now, I would tell him and I would tell any of uh, any, anybody else to have grace with yourself and have, have, have empathy, understand that we're not perfect and understand that we're going to fuck up. But ultimately, it's not up for somebody else to change you. The only person that will ever be able to change you is you. And it, it's, it starts with making a commitment to living a lifestyle uh, predicated on helping others. And if we keep that at the forefront, then you, the, your actions, your selfish actions, which you know ultimately is what they are, uh, 
are going to be tamed. And, and and then if you do get off that beaten path and shit doesn't go right, well, at that point, then you got to figure out what you can do to get back on it. And that's, uh, I think that's one of the most important things. So if you make this commitment where I'm going to go run five miles a day for the next month and three days in, you're not doing it. Now, what happens no- normally, Romy, is that people give up. It's like, no, like don't give up. Just get back on it the next day. You're back on. Boom, five miles again, five miles again. And pretty soon, whether that's a miles goal, whether it's a, you want to write a book, it's a chapter goal, or like, it doesn't matter what it is in your life. Get back, get back to where it needs to be. But we have to have goals. We have to have an idea of, of, of where we're going. And, uh, you know, ultimately that's, uh, it's it's the process. It's the process. You got to love the fucking process. If you don't love the process, you better find something else to do. Mm, and you got to be relentless. You have to be relentless. Eric, one last thought. <laughs> this is all so good. Bottom line, I love what you said, that there are no shortcuts. There are no hacks. If one more person says, I have a life hack, I'm going to tell them to go fuck <laughs> themselves. There no, It doesn't exist. Make, make this point. Help me make this point. You're right. It's not a diet. It's not even a tweak. It's not a new habit. It's literally a lifestyle, right? It's an identity. It's an entire commitment to a certain way of living your life. It's not just a new habit or diet. And no one's going to get you, man. Like, don't expect other people to understand. And it's none of your fucking business what other people think about you anyway. You you have to do this yourself. And ultimately, when you put the work in and you get after it like that, then it, that's the only thing that matters. Like, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of other people. You can't do it, dude. It's, but it's, it's really, it's really internal. And it's really something that all of us need to constantly work on. You're only good as your next fucking performance. It's, it's, it was true in baseball. It was just true in endurance sports. It's, it's true in life in everything that we do. And that's why you had, we, we collectively have to keep, charging and keep going and and it doesn't mean that it's never enough right like it's i don't i don't want you to feel that way i I don't want anyone else to feel that way i'm just gonna use you as an example dude you're the top motherfucker like you have been for a long long time and you know your comp like you know what you brought to the table you know what you've done you've gone through the process you worked on the content man just like you told case that was your swing the content and you kept bringing it, and you kept changing, you kept evolving, and you got your 19 fucking side hustles. One of those should be on no filter, and this thing should be recorded on no filter. It's a whole other fucking subject. But respect, ultimately, dude. Respect. You, you, right, right. You, you, yeah, yeah, shameless plug. Of course it was. So, but ultimately, like, you, it's, it's, there's not a reward you're chasing. There's not a trophy you're chasing. Uh, there's not anything else other than you're only as good as your next fucking combo, man. Like you're, I, I hate to say it. It's, it's the truth. You are only as good as your next interview. You're only as good as your next show tomorrow. That's, that's, that's who you are. This is who I am. I like my impact in life is only as good as my next daily hustle podcast tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. No, my, my next, you know, Eric Burns adventure that I'm doing Interviewed Johnny Mosley the other day. You got to have that fucking dude on, by the way. He is so good. I like uh, it. Just, uh, 
Oh, he's a he's a he's a badass. Yeah, yeah. So, but getting having these conversations, and you know, Johnny and I, we, I brought him on, and we went for two hours, and a lot of it was, and this is something that I think we all need to take and, and think about, but the advice that we give to our kids, where, where, where uh, for example, I have a daughter right now that's ski racing in Sun Valley, Idaho. It's a Western Regional Championship with all the best skiers, uh, very best skiers. You had to, you know, you had to qualify, you had to invite for this. And, you know, here she is. This is my, my daughter. She just turned 14. And she's racing down a mountain at 70 miles per hour. And there's part of me that wants to say, like, honey, like, it would just ease your way down and make it and, you know, like, like, it'll be okay, but be like, be very careful and this and that. And then there's the other part of me, let's call the first one Stevie Supersoft, the next one's Gary Gohard, that's like, uh, sweetie, send that shit, get after it. You ain't first, you're last. Let's go. And there's this delicate balance of trying to find, you know, these pieces of advice that we want to give our kids. And Johnny Mosley was telling me about it because he had given his kid this, advice he's like dude you got to do this trick and basically i think it was doing moguls and the same sort of thing where he's going over a freestyle where if you landed this trick he's like dude you're gonna win he's like just do that trick you've done a thousand times you're gonna win well the kid did the trick and he, he ate shit and so god he's like dude i mean i'm fucking in too deep man this is it's i just I, you know i shouldn't have said anything and all this stuff and these are things that don't ever regret. Don't ever regret. That's another Jim Burns advice. My dad. So he's like, don't ever regret anything you've ever done. He's like, only only the things you didn't do. And it's kind of the uh. same thing. It's like saying like saying things, right? Like don't don't look back. If you say something, say it with conviction, and it's okay. And you might be wrong, and maybe it's not the best piece of advice. But we're constantly trying to figure out how do we get the best and and the most out of not only ourselves, but but our kids, and, and what's the proper way to approach that? So, anyhow, my whole point of all this, as like fucking side rant 19 different times, is that having these conversations and, and doing this, say, from a media perspective for me, is everything. To be able to go on to the WBC championship game last night and do an alternative broadcast and call a game how a game should be called without a filter, to do that on the field, like, that's... That's why this platform was created. Like that's what it's what it is, how it is. But I'm only, as far as me as a, a broadcaster, and you know, from that element of things, it's not about what you've done. It has nothing to do with what you've done. No one gives a fuck that I played 11 years of Major League Baseball. No one gives a fuck that I did these Ironmans or anything else. Like, who cares? It's about what, what's now, and how can you how can you positively impact that next person? Uh, that's life. Once again, that's it. Uh, that, that's it. That is, I'd walk off on that, and I should walk off on that. I should know better, but really fast, one quick follow, because you're talking about raising your kids, and even Johnny Mosley saying, I don't know, did I fuck that up? Did I handle that correctly? Eric, bottom line, where do you come out on this? Participation trophies. Good thing or terrible thing? Obviously, it's not a good thing at all. We like the fact that, Kids are participating. We like the fact that they're spending their time, energy, and effort to come out and do something. But uh, it's 
that's the biggest like we got so lost in that culture and, and we lost an entire generation we really did and it does, not all of them but what we created was a culture of expectation and so w when you do that then there's a false sense of reality as to how this world works this world is full of fucking sharks Romy. you know that and if we send our kids out there and, and it, it, like trying to pretend like it's a it's a world of sheep like it's not the truth and we've done way more harm with that than good now is it okay to say hey here's something to recognize the fact that you have put time into this yeah i think that's really cool but there's only one mvp dude there's only one championship team at the end of it that's why i really now i have you know three kids that are ski racers alpine ski racers and there is no <laughs> there is no subjectivity to this at all it is 100 objective how fast can you get down the fucking mountain and the experience of watching them go through that and then you know say even taking my kid you know colton he's he's an 11u he plays on a top end 12u national travel team that i coach we're facing kids this is not a joke dude that throw 80 miles per hour mm. that's what the top kids are throwing these days it's, it's at 12u and Insane. I watch him get in the start gate and race down that mountain at damn near 70 miles per hour. And with the people and the cheering and the, like, you know, his teammates like pumping him up before, like, dur, dur, dur. and he go, and I'm like, he gets in there against some dude throwing damn near 80 miles per hour, bases loaded, big situation. He don't give a fuck. Why? He's gone through it. He's had that pressure. He's had those people there. So how do you how do you deal with pressure? You put yourself in pressure situations. That's why when you look at all the greatest and best postseason players, those are the people who are able to slow it down. Feel the air pass through your nostril. Slow it down. Like those are those are the moments. Those are the things that that will tell us, you know, where we are and. Then, you know, at the end of the ski race, hey, dude, did you podium or did you not? At the end of the baseball tournament, you guys, you guys, you guys taking home the cup or you guys going home empty handed? Like, what is it? You guys getting rings or not? I, I, there, there's no, the participant, and I think we've gotten better with it. I think we've gotten a lot better with it. Uh, but ultimately, you know, it's, this is, this is, it's just not how the world works. So if we sent a, a really, a difficult message and uh, debilitating message, if, if you ask me, uh, for a long time. And, you know, hopefully that generation will be okay because they're going to be running the world shortly. But uh, it's uh, it, things got tough for a while. You're a fucking beauty is what you are, Bernsey. If somebody <laughs> listening right now, and we, we didn't even, I mean, there's so many other things that you are creating and developing and doing, but is there one place, if people listening right now want more information, I mean, you're creating content, you're writing books, you have a podcast, there is so much to the Eric Burns lifestyle. If they want more information, where do they go to get it? Uh, dude, I would just say, uh, come to No Filter, nofilter.net. Every morning I do a podcast. We do it live. It's interactive. You literally can knock. I bring you into the stream. We stream in real time. 
Uh, baseball season's here. Check out some of the alternative broadcasts that we do. So Will Clark and I, for example, on a Tuesday night, we'll fire up a Giants-Dodgers game. We'll sit there. It turns into like almost like a watch party. Uh, it's I, If you ask me, it's, people want real. People want raw. People, people want, they don't want, they don't want to be fed bullshit. I, I know me personally, I don't want a producer in my ear telling me what I can say and can't say. Very grateful for my time that I've spent, you know, whether it was with MLB or you know, Fox or ESPN, like all of them were, were, were great, awesome experiences. But I think to be able to call a game like that uh, is awesome. And then, you know, if if you it, we we built the platform for anybody, we got anybody anytime, and so you know now at this point uh, we got about ten thousand people on the platform. That you know, it, more than anything, we're we're a content creation place. So you can go do a show, you can monetize it if you want. If you want, there's a tip button. So for example, tonight with the Tillman Foundation, all the tips are going to go directly to the Pat Tillman Foundation. You can use it as a fundraiser. I did 47 miles on my 47th birthday a couple weeks ago. Mm. Was able to raise, I think, about five grand off of off of a, a tip button. So that's just a, that's a cool tool that we have. We just signed a, a deal with uh, a major, 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 major sports alumni association. Uh, so they're going to have uh, potentially up to like 17,000 members of it uh, that could come on and create content and but it, the, the biggest thing is is that it's uh it's it's a content creation platform for the people by the people uh the censors to the rules are easy no hate speech and no below the belt picks that's it that's it that's all that is the best eric man appreciate you so much love you love that conversation and i can't thank you enough for making that kind of time to share that kind of insight man i feel so much better i'm like i'm i'm so much better for that conversation and i've known you for so long but but that's the whole point, right? Make sure it's not about you. Serve others, and then they will serve others, and you keep pushing it forward and forward and forward, and that's how it all comes back, even if you don't want to come back. It just will. That's our fuel. That's our juice. You're right. It, it's, it, it's life cyclical, man, and we just keep kind of feeding each other and keep learning and keep adapting, adjusting, and you know, ultimately, it's, I, I just, I'm looking back at it. I mean, bro, the first story I told on your on your show was the burglar <laughs> breaking into the apartment. Can, can I tell you, dude, it's that. always, I got to interrupt, I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's always the first thing I think of when I think of you too, dude. <laughs> Literally. It was one of my favorite stories and it's always one of the first, it's the first thing I think of when I think of you every single time. I, I still to this day have people that will come up and reference that, that dude, I love you on Romy, man. That fucking story about UCLA and the burglar. And I mean, I'm looking at it now, like, dude, that was 20 years ago, like legit, like two zero. I know. I, I spent a lot of time thinking about things like that. You, you want something even more fucked up, dude? I'm 58 years old. Oh, uh, dude, you're young. I mean, it's you know, it was funny because it, it's it's all perspective, right? The, the whole age thing. But uh, have you read Blue Zones? I have not. I know of it, but I have not. Tell me. Okay. It's, it's interesting. It, it's, it's all about these different regions of the world that they have the largest amount of uh, people that live to be 100 years old. I think yep. centenarians is what, what they call them. And, and the reasons why and, and the reasons for it. And uh, it, it's, dude, there's an ikigai, uh, you know, 
Okahoa, Japan. I, I probably saying it wrong, but I, there you have you have your ikigai guys like your purpose in life. And so, like one of the things is is that you have to continue to have a reason for pulling your head off the, the pillow in the morning. A lot of it was diet. Um, some you know some they're the Seventh Day Adventists in in Southern California. They had a whole region there. It seems like honestly, dude, it's like San Bernardino or. So somewhere, somewhere right around that area, which, which which was another one too, but one of the biggest ones, and uh, it, it was community, and it was the se- having that sense of community. Whereas, like when you have old people, as as people age, there's a respect, and as opposed to a lot of times in our culture, it's like, oh man, this guy's getting old. Like this is this, but a lot of that too, we need to remember. Is perspective. And so how we look at ourselves is a lot of time, say how the other, the outside world will go ahead and perceive it. But it's, it's taught me, number one, respect your elders like more now than ever, because what it takes to get there, I, as, as we watched, you know, uh, uh, sadly, you know, friends falling left and right. And I'm looking at this just going, man, like, dude, you're right. Like, you know, I just turned 47, you're 58. Like, it's just, Jesus, like, are, are we getting up there? And it's like, you're only, you're only as old as the lifestyle that you decide to live. And so we get to make the decision of how we want to perceive ourselves. But most importantly, that starts with how we perceive the elderly. So remember that the next time you're walking by that dude in the grocery store or whatever else and quick little tiny thing sorry it wasn't that long ago i was training it was actually when i was training for western states and i'm you know fucking 40 miles into a run i'm, I'm miserable and i'm just about to you know like go up windy hill for this it's just like this major long run that I was doing before the before the race and coming down windy hill was this dude just fucking us just leathered up <laughs> You know, so kind of, from a distance, you're like, yeah, just silky white hair. And he had this big old smile, man. I give you big old veneers that it's got as he's just smiling. But you know, his steps are like ginger, like to the to the to the to the to the. And I, I, I saw him, you know, I saw the smile from a little bit of a distance, and I was smiling back. And I come up a little closer and I read his shirt. It says, Dare to be. A hundred. Incredible. I'm like, I'm like this fucking guy. I go, dude, I don't do this. I'm usually not that weird of a guy. I go, that's the most fucking inspiring shirt I've ever seen. And the fact that you were charging downhill, running this bitch, who's 90 something years old. Uh, you mind if we, mind if we get a little pick? <laughs> fucking incredible. No, I, and I, I, I've kept that in my favorites ever since. Dare to fucking be a hundred, man. Dare, dare to be a hundred. Like it's look, whether or not we get there, probably is not up to us. But at least we can live our lives that way. On that, we're walking it off, dude. You are the absolute best, man. Thank you so much for one of my favorite conversations ever, Eric. Great job, bro. Thanks, man. Dude, a lot of love, bro. A lot of love. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep charging life.
Um, what he said, all of it, every last word, or as the legendary Marshawn Lynch famously said, I'm just about that action, boss. Or as Burnsy just said, don't tell me, show me, no words, just action. I want to say inject me with whatever fuel that dude's running on, but I know what he's running on. Purpose, mission, obsession, something way bigger than himself. And I could not admire the mindset, the approach, the discipline, the fearlessness, and relentlessness any more than I do. So here's one more F-bomb for you on the way out the door. Eric Burns is a fucking stud. Now, if you made it through the episode and you like what you heard, can you do me a solid? Actually, can you do me a couple? Can you subscribe to the podcast? That way you never have to go looking for it. It will always find you and ding your device. And could you leave me a nice review and share this with anybody who you think might benefit from it? That would be incredible. And as always, thank you so much for doing so and for listening. The fact that you found this pod and have taken the time to listen to it means the absolute world to me. And I mean that. I mean that because this project is extremely important to me as well. So stay in the fight, and I will see you next time right here on The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.